Wait. You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah. But, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. Have so. you ever wondered if we should put like, you don't sound autistic or ADHD in the title? No, because it's... Seinfeld wasn't just about Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, but we have one of the more unique podcasts that actually talks about the dual... What are you, you going it, to... It's... Don't kill my clever name. <laughs> and besides, in the in the music that people just heard, it says and ADHD and depression and anxiety and right. All that but stuff. just from a title and search, I mean, the truth is, you kind of do sound ADHD though. Like, I guess we both a little bit do with the way we ramble on, but that's a little bit off the point, I guess. You really don't. Wow, neurotypical, typical neurotypical. I well, I'm just asking questions. All right. Um, no, I don't think we should change the title <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that, to answer your question. What I do think is that people that are listening to the show should should keep listening and share the show. I agree. And like the show and join the Facebook group. Join the group. Join the conversation. And if you're a dad, join the dad group. Yeah. I mean, you can, but so far I haven't really done much in that group. There's five people in there. So. It's going to grow. It's it just need, like every baby. It just needs some momentum, some growth momentum. Yep, need some girth. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I'm in the, a lot of the moms groups, and there's two in particular that I'm finding actually very beneficial, and we lean on each other quite heavily. And um, it's just so I don't, therapeutic almost to know that, like, when something really, I don't want to say traumatic, but something you really weren't expecting happens, you know, that you can run to a group and talk about it and know that you're in a completely safe place of people who have probably been there and or completely understand where you're at. And I just want the same thing for dads. Sure. I do. I mean. Dads have the strip club. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's where we run. You okay. know, that's actually one of my biggest problems with Georgia. Oh. No strip clubs. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't high on my list to look at. Well, I mean, next time, think about the strip club <laughs> to Blake ratio. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how'd your week go? How'd you start? You started on Monday with your oh the workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've already. I'm fa- I'm I'm fatter than I was when I started. I think. Really. I started working out on Monday and. It wasn't, there wasn't, yeah, Declan, I had Declan, so that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I got home from work, made us dinner, it was finally like, okay, dad's going to work out. And he was like, yeah, work, dad works out. And I had the T25 on the TV and seven minutes in and I was, like, feeling like I was going to throw up mm-hmm. and just couldn't do it. That's what happened the last time, the last two times, I yeah. think. Yeah. So, and then Tuesday and Wednesday, I tried again, and then I've been trying to walk and stuff. I just, I'm, I feel like the, I I don't know if it's depression or I'm just tired and it's, it's getting started is, it's so much harder now than it's ever been. Every time we, yeah, because we're constantly aging, things are getting harder. I'm eating better somewhat. I'm trying to eat better. So even just walking, 
you know, is really helpful. Yeah, but I can't see the TV from the treadmill, so I decide to sit down on the couch instead. Oh, <laughs> you have full control over your. If only your the TV apartment. were right in front of the treadmill. Okay, so what can you do to fix that? You're one of the most inventive. I'll have to move the TV or move the treadmill. So, and then I got to move all. I don't know. We'll, you, we'll you've see. got full directional. I feel, I feel like I've defeated myself for show. No. Okay. Well, okay. So the, that's a fair feeling. You feel like you've defeated yourself. So you got started and you've run into two challenges, which is typical, right? It's not like whoever yep, gets started. The TV and the couch. <laughs> My two biggest challenges. Okay. They need to flip flop, I guess. May I overcome. How are you going to overcome them? I don't know. I really need some, I need some oomph. I don't have any oomph. Well, um. Like right now I could take a nap. Did you cut gluten out of your diet? Um, let's see. I don't know. Today I had an insure for breakfast. Okay. And then I had sausage and eggs. Sounds protein heavy. Sounds good. And then I had a Brussels sprout salad and some Quaker rice cake things that sounds good yeah okay and then tonight i'm going to a comedy show where i'll probably have a bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich (laughs) sounds delicious well i only bring up the gluten because um it is pretty common for there (sighs) gluten by itself unfortunately has gone through so many rounds of gmo at this point it just creates a lot of inflammation in the gut and when it creates inflammation in the gut it really does slow down your digestion. It makes um, everything harder to process that inflammation. Then, you know, it actually prevents um, the nutrients to get to your brain, which you need. You know, you kind of need your brain to be nourished. So it creates this lining that that stops that nutrient absorption. And if we're eating gluten every day, even if we don't have what's called a gluten allergy, and there's a lot of misconception around what's a food sensitivity versus what's a, an actual food allergy, And um, just really quickly to clear that up, there's just stages of the same thing. A food sensitivity is when a food is producing inflammation um, for you and that's creating secondary issues. If that happens long enough or you have some sort of genetic sensitivity to that, it could also create an actual food allergy, which means that your body then starts to produce IgE, I think, or IgG can't remember which one the specific antibodies to fight it as if it's a real outlet if it's become the food has become an allergen just like your body could handle pollen or mold or you know trees and weeds and things the food can have the same reaction in your body so you can have a food sensitivity that can give you that brain fog and that fatigue and that lethargy that doesn't produce an actual food allergy in a blood test but still really impact you Dairy will do the same thing. I didn't hear any dairy in that um, menu of yours today. Maybe some in the insure, but... um, Well, and there's Parmesan cheese in my salad. Parmesan cheese, though, is not made of cow's milk. Oh, no? Breast Uh -uh. milk? No. Ooh, breast milk. (laughs) No. Still with nutrients and electrolytes. No, it's... um, I can't remember if it's sheep's milk or... It's something else. Parmesan cheese. Because Parmesan cheese is one of the cheeses he's allowed to have. That's gross. That means I can't eat it anymore. I only want to drink from the teat of a cow. Oh, well, that's a problem. That's going to... Unless it's not... So you... There are... Here in Georgia, there may not be strip clubs, but there are um, farms... There are strippers? I don't know. Just need the club. 
I was going to talk about raw pasteurized cow's milk. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you brought up strip clubs. I got excited again. Sorry. I was just, you know, th- we can have raw pasteurized. Raw, is it raw unpasteurized? I might be saying that wrong. I have to go back to the data. But um, there's certain types of raw organic milk, but it, you can't get it in the store. It, you have to buy it directly from a farm that was willing to produce it. Okay. But that's the only kind that will not, like, irritate you. And then there's sugar. So what's your sugar been like? Um, I mean, I had a soda the other day. Okay. But mostly I've been drinking water. Sugar, most people don't realize that sugar will actually tank your immune system for 24 hours. And the more sugar that we consume, the more insulin um, resistant we become. And we've been through COVID. So we have to be really careful with our sugar. But... Um, Can you elaborate on that? Insulin resistance is, so there's a balance between when you eat something that is sugary or that is like a, a, a carbohydrate that's going to break down into a sugar. The pancreas releases insulin to break it down and turn it into energy so that we can use all of that. But what happens is when we become insulin resistant, it means our body's no longer using the insulin to break down the sugar. And then our body goes, oh no, I have all this excess sugar. And it just packs it into little, little into cells and shoves it right into the fat and says, I'll store that for later. So any sugar that we eat, if we're not, if our insulin isn't working correctly, then it just adds to the fat immediately. So it's a big indicator for women, especially um, living in chronic fight or flight and having a lot of these same challenges and anxiety will do the same thing is, um, is and especially if there's an estrogen, like if you're low in estrogen, estrogen actually counteracts cortisol and cortisol is one of those hormones that our body produces in response to stress. So that uh, any of us that have that like tummy poochie, you know, fat spot, that's usually that's my entire stomach. <laughs> mine too. Okay. Um, that can be an indication of low estrogen, high cortisol. Could also be an indication of like high insulin because we're becoming insulin. Like I was insulin resistant during the pregnancy. That's why I had to take insulin. Yeah. That gestational diabetes I went through. That's when I started learning all about this because pregnancy makes us a little more insulin resistant. And I was like, what the heck is that? But unfortunately, it also directly becomes fat. So it, low, that's why our pediatrician at, our, at his three-year appointment, when we were so concerned about his digestion, and she goes, oh, he's not drinking juice. I don't think I want to like send you down that road because he's, on, he's already on the low sugar, low to no sugar, no dairy, no gluten diet, which she said, not just as a pediatrician, but as a mom, because you know, her son's autistic also. She said, that's critical for any autistic uh, digestive system. That they drink juice? That they don't, that you're on a low sugar, ah. even fructose. Now, if you're going to eat, eating fruit is is okay because fructose is not the same as like, you know, the, the table sugar and all the sugar substitutes are even worse. They're just so much harder for your body to process. Eating fruit is good because then you get the fiber. That's why she recommended for his digestion coming off of all of coming off of COVID and the antibiotics. Eating pears and eating pears apples. and apples. Right. Yep. So if you're craving sugar for yourself as you're trying to make these changes, like just remember that the dietary uh, decisions that you make can directly contribute to the amount of energy that you have, and that energy you need both physically and mentally. 
in order to work out and make this big change. And then, so there's all the, there's all the nerdy stuff behind it. But at the end of the day, you have a decision-making system that is governed by urgent, important, and interesting, not reward and consequence. So when you're tired and the TV isn't positioned perfectly for the treadmill, now nothing seems urgent, nothing feels important, and nothing's really interesting. How do you motivate yourself to do that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so that's where the challenge is, is that last week when you were thinking about this goal and taking it on and, and you know, losing 85 pounds felt urgent. And well, I'll tell you what, because I got to the point where I, <laughs> I went down to do three push-ups and my wrist popped. And then I was like jumping up and down and my knees started feeling like they were going to snap. And then I, it, it, and I felt like I was going to throw up and I was like, okay, too much, too fast. Okay. You, you do have that kind of like bull out of the gate, um, yeah. pattern i didn't really this was not bull out of the gate this was like the beginning of a marathon mm-hmm. and and you laced up your shoes i felt like there's there's uh the late comedian robert schimmel was talking about, he talks about um going to the gym mm-hmm. and the guy's like where do you think you're at fitness wise and he's like well i'm gonna be honest with you uh i got a little uh winded filling out the application <laughs> so if there's somewhere i could sit down for a few minutes that would be nice <laughs> That's how it felt. Okay, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's I I didn't I wasn't expect I was push it to the limit. <laughs> limit. And then all of a sudden I was like I I pushed it to the limit. <laughs> the end. You're like the limit's getting here faster. Yeah. yeah so I, get that. I kept trying and then it's I just I just need to I figured I was like okay, at the very least I can be eating better. Okay. And and I need to you know use the treadmill and and walk. Yeah, walking. Actually, they say walking. I feel is like maybe if I lose a couple of pounds, and I'll I'll that'll boost my confidence a little bit. Sure. Because I know it's possible, but it always it's it is it's it's the the light at the end of the tunnel is so petite. Right. And then did you stop drinking this week? I did. Okay, so right there is the sugar and the extra. I haven't had empty any calories. water. Oh. <laughs> I am so thirsty. Shoot. I haven't had anything to drink. <laughs> Okay. I'm parched. I should be more specific. <laughs> no, I've been, that's, uh, yeah, I'm just drinking water. Okay. So you're not, because you. And, and that soda that I had. And that one soda. Okay. So yeah, as you go week after week, the more sugar you can pull out of your diet, the faster you'll naturally lose weight by the things that you're doing. Right. How are you sleeping? I don't, I don't know. I sleep okay. I'm not sleeping very well. I've been staying up later. Because Norm, like, because Declan goes to bed around whatever time he goes to bed, um, nine-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to typically, like, go to bed when he goes to bed. But then when he's not, uh, he, when he's been, I don't know, like, for some reason, just this last week, I've, like, I'll he'll fall asleep. And I'm just like, all right, I guess I'm still up. Yeah, I've had a harder time sleeping, too. And it just seems like. It's been super easy to binge watch TV. And now this the Winter Olympics are on, and I definitely want to see some of those things. So I'm like, must turn the TV off. Like on the nights that he's with you, I have a harder time falling asleep easily. On the nights that he's here, I'm already in that mindset by getting him to sleep, and I can right. just turn off the lights and just sleep. That's how I feel. So um, I just kind of sink more into a depression when he's not around. Those are big feelings, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but 
It's a good thing we don't have a platform to talk about them on. Yeah. Like a, like a podcast. That would, I, you're right. Where you Take it away. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Not everyone does. That's Depression typically comes uh, and activates the more nonverbal side of our emotional processing system. Well, so. I've said it all already. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really interesting that you... Um, I was just about to talk and then you got me off. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, please. I'd love to hear what you have to say instead. I can remember my thought. Go ahead. Nope. I can't remember what I was going to say. That fast? What? That fast? Yeah. Oh. It just faded away. Depression? Go ahead. You uh, say your thing. Okay. Well, I was going to talk about how interesting it is that you're bringing depression up at the same time that you're trying to motivate yourself to work out. Yeah. Because... It is a complicated thing. It is. Digging yourself out of a depression to to work out. Well, and so if you look, when you look at working out in just the terms of like, oh my gosh, I have to work out, like it doesn't feel good. But would it help to know that there actually is um, research and science that proves that exercise is one of the best drugs for the brain in terms of... I know this. Clicking things into gear? I do know this. Tell me what you know. I know that exercise in, releases endorphins and sure. Uh, so your brain naturally, your body and your brain feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know everything you know because you're reading an article. <laughs> you could have read the article too. <laughs> I, I could have, but I wouldn't have remembered it in time. Well, I I am I was reading a lot of this in Evolve Your Brain um, by Joe Dispenza, and then came across this article that I thought was written really well by Attitude Magazine. And the article is called Build Your Muscles, Build Your Brain. So obviously very um, perfect title. So of course it caught my attention because I'm aware of your journey here. And I thought, okay, well, this is good to know. But one of the things I liked about the way this article just made it really simple is it says, in researching exercise and attention deficit disorder, ADHD or ADD, we've learned that exercises improves learning on three levels. It optimizes your mindset. Would that be helpful? Sure. By improving alertness, attention, and motivation. It prepares and encourages nerve cells to bind together, which is the cellular basis for learning new information, which we've talked about before in the what fires together, wires together. But what's cool is that exercise actually prepares the cells to bind to one another. So it's like... um, you know, your body knows the ritual movements of how you wake up in the morning and how you walk into the bathroom and you brush your teeth and wash your face and get ready. And, you know, your your habitual routine for like making breakfast and getting out the door. You're giving my morning routine mar- far more credit than it deserves. Oh. Hopefully you're talking in gen- generic generally about other people. I me. am because it's not my routine. My, te- my routine is involves much more running around between room to room because mine's roll into your shoes and get the hell out of here (laughs) oh he lets you get away with that i have to chase him around the apartment for every step no i'm i i spend the 17 minutes um getting getting more progressively late following him around going you're making us late (laughs) (laughs) shoot i hope you don't say that to him um but when you exercise, you're moving your body in new directions. You know, like even if you're just 
raising your arms up and down or trying to, you know, do squats or, you know, any type of, anytime you're moving your body in a new way from your normal routine, that automatically is firing new um, neurons in your brain. So that's why, one of the reasons why I think exercise prepares and encourages nerve cells to bind to one another is because you're actually firing new patterns in the brain of, of things your, your body hasn't normally done. Like that's one of the easiest ways to hijack, you know, repetitive um, and stuck behavior is to move your body in a different way. I mean, you were the one that told me this a couple of years ago. And I don't remember if it was after you read, uh, might have been Temple Grandin's book you were listening to, but you said, hey, it's really important that like, and I found that it works for me if I don't drive to work the same way every every day, you know, and you give yourself that visual difference. Right. So this is the same thing. You're just using body movement to to um, improve the way that your brain responds, you know, to its normal habits. It also spurs the development of new nerve cells from stem cells in the hippocampus, which is a really, really big part of uh, the brain that relates to memory and learning. All things I have issues with. So I kind of feel like I'm not, dude. No one's, no one's taking away the fact that exercise, eating right, everyone knows that stuff. I know we know it, but I don't know. I, I know it, and I still can decide not to do it. It's just sometimes when sometimes I sometimes it's not a decision. Sometimes it feels like the decision's been made for you. That's the struggle. Oh, so let's. That's a good point because I know that um, one of the things that you struggle the most with, and I empathize with you on this, is that you just really hate the feeling of being controlled, right? Do you, I? Yeah, like you don't you you don't like you don't like when someone imposes their rules on you. Like you don't I feel like you're controlling me right now with your words. Okay, well that's my point. So you don't you kind of detest and I, and and I love it. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm kidding. Now I'm losing track. What? No, you said I said that you were controlling me with your words and I love it, but I was being facetious. Oh. Oh, I got Sardonic, lost in all that. Sarcastic. I okay. apologize. Take no. it back. Well, I just was I was just thinking emp- empathetically about, wow, you know, I bet he really hates I was thinking about this exercising thing and and where you were today going, I'll bet he really hates to feel like he's being controlled by a routine. And yet at the same time, you're not going to want to because you don't like the feeling of being controlled, it's difficult to put a routine in place where you're basically controlling yourself. Oh, they're really loud, yeah. Yeah, I hear them. But the, at least now I know there's a dog and a cat that lives up there, so there's there's really? reason. There's not a person in there? There's two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's four different, you know. I, didn't, I thought maybe for a second you were telling me there was like a cartoon dog and cat living upstairs. I thought a single man lived up there. Apparently it's a husband and wife and a dog and a cat because I kept oh. saying like, what is that? It sounded like an elephant was like rolling across the the ceiling at one point and it's the dog chasing the cat and vice versa okay so it makes a little bit more sense it's a big dog then yorkie oh it's a, that no way yorkie makes that noise i'm telling you i i met my neighbor you that's know a me. one that's a one-legged man trying to get <laughs> trying to get from the toilet to the refrigerator you know me i meet all my neighbors um so it's just it's just routines can be helpful once you get in them, but starting them, I think is one of the bigger challenges. That's the problem I'm having. I was all, like I said, I was, I I had the, uh, um, the Rocky theme song in my head, not the Rocky theme song, but like that song from Rocky, the rising up back on the street. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, then I 
actually started moving and my body was like, sit down. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, we laugh, but it's, it's true. It's, you know, the body gets used to being sedentary. Yeah. And the extra weight for any of it. I mean, I'm, I'm carrying extra weight. Like it does impact our joints. It makes things more difficult when we first start getting going. I I don't think I've never, that's the thing. I've never been so heavy. Uh-huh. Like, I remember being, like, 30 or 40 pounds overweight, being like, I really need to lose weight. Yeah. Now I'm 85 pounds overweight. Yeah, I remember. But then I keep thinking, I'm like, okay, so then what's the next step? 100 pounds? Like, at what point do you Yeah, when does it really cut it urgent? off and say, right, when does it... Well, obviously, that's the problem. It's not... If I woke up tomorrow and was 100 pounds heavier, I'd be doing some push-ups. I hope so. <laughs> but it's because the progression is so not immediate... That it doesn't feel as urgent. Oh, so let's talk about that because you do struggle with um, the instant gratification monkey. I need instant gratification. Yeah, you do. That monkey lives right on your shoulder. You do it a lot with, with anything that has a natural process to it. Like anything that, that has its own momentum build, like you're in, you're instantly like, why isn't it here already now? Like I remember. Why do you think alcohol is so uh, attractive? Because it's instant. You instantly feel it. Pretty much. Don't you build a tolerance for it, though, and so it becomes less instant? I don't know. No, not necessarily. I mean, oh. I guess to a degree. I don't know. I've never, um, I don't know. I've never tested it. Start. It's fun. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I am um, No, I mean, that's afraid of migraines. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's weird. Like I told you, I, I, like I sleep better. Oh, on the alcohol? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Because and it's not it's like a, I, I don't have to drink a lot. No, I know. I mean, this is this is. Multiple I'm not years recommending of, this to anybody, by the way. No, I'm trying don't. to find solutions, just talking it out. It, you know, what's one of the most challenging things is that our society today still continues to position alcohol like it is some socially acceptable answer that's supposed to solve all your problems. One, to make you more socially likable, and two. You know, but like, hey, this is a cool thing to do for your body. It's actually one of the most toxic things you can do for your body. And you're not even using it socially. You're using it as like a medication almost. Right. So it's totally distorted. <laughs> it's not even. And you're on medication is supposed to help you sleep, right? Or do they. It's not necessarily m- supposed to help you sleep. It's supposed to help to, you know, mitigate the issues that I have with my personality <laughs> oh i guess i don't know it's funny like when i talk to the doctor when i have to go into the doctor every three months mm-hmm. to discuss my medication she's like how's it going i'm like good she's like great that's it you know that's all you that's you- they just have to do it for the for government purposes like she asks like you know is it like does anything need to be changed and everything good but i don't really know like I'm like I don't know. I I could I feel like I could use more. I could use less. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But what? Okay. But you're not, and you're not supposed to be. But you are. They are kind of dependent on you to. Well, you're give asking them. the wrong group of people. You're asking someone that's not super in touch with the inner workings of their body to I be know. in touch with the inner workings of their body. Okay, so let's talk. It's about just like hold on. I have to. Oh, go ahead. Like it's you know like having to manage the medication every month is one of the most stressful things I have to deal with. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's getting closer and closer and closer to when I can get my medication, but then I can't ask for my medication too soon, right. or they won't be able to put it in to have it. Right. It's get, just I almost said developed, <laughs> but to have it um, 
actually have the prescription go through. But if I wait too long, then I run out of medication and then I'm freaked out that, you know, cause they tell you like, Oh, don't, don't just stop cold Turkey using your medication. Oh, it's a horrible system. I mean, it is just absolutely so user unfriendly. It doesn't make any sense. It's specifically considering the population they're trying to treat and help like here, mental health, come get your help. But then we're going to make it almost impossible for you to access it and manage it. I mean, that's just the dumbest thing ever. Well, you'd think that there'd be some assistance on their part, knowing that, you know, you have challenges. Right. That maybe they'd be like, oh, this dude, uh, you know, I'm fine with going into the doctor every three months to have. I think that's a good to be conversation. Like poked at, I guess. But, right. But and pee in a, I have to pee in a cup. That's not fun. Because they have to make sure that I'm not, you know, doing dangerous drugs like marijuana. Well, right. Which have nothing to do with, um, like, they don't test me to see if I've been drinking. Right, because I know, that's the point I was making. They've got the wrong thing. Well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But, you know, one of the pieces that's missing here is the meaningful observations behind how you're really feeling and how you're really doing on these medications because that's the piece that the doctor is expecting you to be able to bring forward and yet you're saying um I understand you need me to bring those details but I'm not the best person to make those meaningful observations about myself because hello like look at what you're treating for me like I'm doing the best I can to check in with myself just to make sure that I eat and then I can get to bed and then I can motivate myself to be on the treadmill. Like I'm not watching all the nuances and being like I do for Declan that I, you kind of criticize me for. What? You constantly tell me like I over observe him. But at the same time, if you were to take that moment or that skill and apply it to you, it's something that Everybody needs someone watching out for them if you're not capable of doing it really easily for ourselves. And honestly, it's not the easiest thing to do, regardless of neurodiverse, neurotypical, but even more challenging for neurodiverse because you're so focused on just trying to get through the day, just trying to manage like, you know, all the to do's plus your emotions plus did I, you know, now you've got to add on there, are my medications due soon? Like, did I pay that bill? I mean, and you want to find time to enjoy your life also. It just seems like we have a broken system. I would have more respect for the system if it, instead of just walking in and taking your weight and say pee in a cup, if they had more structured like questions where they could go through and ask you so that at least in the moment of that conversation, even if you didn't think to pre-check in with yourself on X, Y, and Z, things that could be helpful for the doctor to know, at least during that conversation, the doctor could prompt you to think about it and check in with yourself then and add that information into the doctor's visit. Say that again. I'm not sure I can. <laughs> I think there should be... Now, this, anytime you say the word should, you're judging, so I'm judging the healthcare system here as it applies to mental health management. I... My, I'll say it like this. I, my heart wishes that there was a better way for the doctor visits on, man, on, on uh, medication management appointments to run through a thorough list of questions that prompted you to check in with yourself about a variety of daily life experiences and help the doctor 
illuminate whether those medications really are working for you or not. Because is it, how's everything going? Yeah, it's going well, fine. Well, I Isn't mean, obviously, sufficient. I mean, they do ask me more than just like, <laughs> how's it going? And then I leave. But how detailed, like, are they are they asking about sleep? Are they asking about diet? Um, I, think she, I think she mood? does ask those things. I just, I go in and I'm just, I just don't want to, I don't want anything to do with it. I just want to be done with it and just be, just give me my medication and let me move on with my life. So I go in and there and I pay all the money because I don't have insurance. Right. Um, and then, yeah, she asked. Yeah. So I'm sure she asked, like, do you how you're sleeping? And I'm like, fine. But you're not. Sometimes I do. But do you give her that distinction? Do you make the, the differential? Yeah. I mean, like I said, sometimes it. but I don't know what they're going to do. You know, it's like I said, when I went in last time, the, the the nurse or the, I guess it was a nurse. I don't know. Um, I hope she, I hope she worked there because <laughs> uh, I gave her some personal information. <laughs> sure. Um, I, you know, I, she took my blood pressure or whatever and was like, oh, your blood pressure is high. And then the doctor's like, your blood pressure is high. We're going to take your blood pressure again before you leave. And I'm like, all right, we'll see if it's gone down or whatever. Cause I, right. you know, and so then when they took it again, she's like, Oh, your blood pressure's still high. And I was like, all right. And she's like, all right, you can leave. That's just so, I mean, my doctor did that to me. Um, and my blush, blood blush. <clears throat> what am I trying to say? Blood pressure. Thank you. Has been high since COVID. Um, since we recovered. You've been high since COVID. My blood pressure has been high since recovering from COVID. Ah, so I they immediately put me on uh, blood pressure medication to keep it from getting higher and to keep it kind of within range. I'm still not consistently, you know, where it should be. It's still a little bit high, but it's not like 140 high. Why do you think your blood pressure is high? I mean, I've got extra weight on me also, but, you know, we don't know all the effects of surviving and recovering from COVID. But there's uh, there's really well-known impacts. I don't think mine has anything to do system. with COVID. I'm sure that I have, I'm sure the 85 extra pounds I'm sure. has everything to do with it. Well, I lost 10 Being pounds sedentary is, in you know. November and then gained it back after I've had a couple rounds of antibiotics for a variety of things. And so I've gained it all right back. So, yeah, you know, that's a, the yo-yo thing is a struggle also. Like where do you, how do you continue to get motivation when you just feel like, oh, just hit another obstacle? Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to find that out for myself. So where where do you feel like in this journey, I, I knew we've kind of outlined where the ADHD side of kind of your everyday life is creating obstacles for you to reach this goal. But is there any part that you think is being hindered and, or even boosted, you know, by the by autism? Like <clears throat> one of the things that autism does for everyone is it well I don't know exactly how but you know they they always say one of the markers for identifying autism is like emotional processing or social emotional responses and that to other people and to yourself so I've worried a little bit if you didn't feel that momentum and you didn't feel like things were going well in the first week, like how you were going to be able to process the emotions of not feeling like you were making progress Right it's easy, Rochelle. I'm dead inside. I don't have emotions. Oh, kidding. Um, my my emotions run very deep. You do. I don't. I'm not feeling emotional about it. I'm just trying to th snap myself out of it. So maybe actually that's the benefit of of having 
I don't, I don't know how to say this. Like, tread lightly. I know it's like well, there's sometimes there's just it's about empowering all the pieces of who you are to get yourself to the best place for where you need to be right now, right? So these things you could put that on a mug. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a big fucking mug, but you could but put that on a mug. That's the kind of mug I like to drink coffee out of is the big ones. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but but it's really about like who you are as a person. And then instead of being like, oh, this holds me back. Like there are benefits to you being who you are. It's just a matter of like the perspective in which you see them. And so maybe because you don't feel those emotions like so readily it's actually a benefit because you're like that's not really a factor you're not like you just said you don't really feel a ton of emotion about it so really it's just a matter of your physical body if i'm adding up everything you just said i don't know i mean i don't know if 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 what i'm feeling that's the thing like is depression feeling all the emotion or none of it i personally believe that depression is about feeling all of the emotion i think depression is and i just again I think depression is having really big, deep feelings that you that you feel so largely that your mind doesn't know how to process them and tries to process it all at once and can't. And so then it gets stuck. It's almost like the because emotions are meant to come up and kind of almost in smaller pieces, because if it comes up in a smaller piece, then your mind can handle the smaller piece and go, oh, okay. I can see that emotion. I can see what I'm feeling. I can kind of see why I'm feeling it. This is what I'm going to do with that emotion. Like I'm going to forgive the moment or I'm going to accept the moment or I'm going to say, I don't care about that moment. And you do something, you make a decision with a feeling. You have to make decisions about the feelings and the, in order for them to be processed, that's what processing emotion is. You have to make a decision about it or the moment or the situation or how you feel about yourself for being in that situation. So when the feelings get so big that you don't know how to make a decision, then they get stuck. And then they just start feeling heavier and they start feeling bigger because it all starts kind of backing up. So depression is a really um, significant element to to work with and it, it's something that should also be prioritized I think too often it's like a throwaway like oh I have depression and, and no one really not the people that work with it but I think other people who don't understand it can easily just dismiss it unfairly but you have to make a decision about what it is that you're feeling that's how you move through it okay I feel like I'm feeling depressed okay can you name I mean can you nope Nothing. Do you know how you... <laughs> right. So... That's why I'm there. Right. It, they're big, 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 deep feelings. And they could go back your entire life. They it's, could, it's like, okay, you got to make a call to the person that's going to help you. Here's this phone book. It's in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And you don't speak Mandarin or read Mandarin. Yeah. That, uh, honestly, Just working point your with, fingers at a page and start hoping. Uh, working with the emotions can feel like that. It can. It can totally feel like that. And and one of the other things that's challenging about emotions is they can have roots like it's an old reference deep into your childhood. I hope anyone I hope everyone knows what a phone book is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the reference. Yeah, that is an old reference. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do they even have phone books anymore? No. They stopped printing them because they're too expensive and everything's online. And yet Uline sends out these manuscripts. I know. If you order like a a box from them <laughs> i know they have the big printed book yeah that's a coaster 
Um, yeah, I don't know why they bothered to do that. The entire Uline catalog is online also. I think they just do it to remind you Uline is there, but they could do that with a postcard. They could. So that's just, you know. Check out our online website. They're just trying to keep the printing online business. Online website, obviously. It's okay. Well, these all tie together. I mean, you're in a spot where you're, you have stated, um, in episodes leading up to today and on the Facebook group that depression is something that you're actively kind of working through right now. Yep. Um, and because you have a November birthday, February is always a tougher month for you. And that's, you know, just kind of, that? just, I just, I Does don't this know. Does have to do with the moons and the stars again? Oh, I have no idea. I've just been tracking your moods for 10 years. I, all I know is that some reason February is a tougher month for you. Oh, I don't know why. It's because no one ever buys me anything on Valentine's Day. Oh, well, I didn't know we were doing Valentine's and I, Day. And I never win the Super Bowl. Well, you can be a Bengals fan. Yeah. You can be an L.A. Rams fan. You're from L.A. I'll, I'll bang with the Bengals. They've got this amazing... I'll ram with the Rams. <laughs> you could you could be from either... Honestly, you know. That sounds like the beginning of like a hip-hop song. That's true. Bang with the Bengals, ram with the Rams. I mean, you could. You're from L.A. You could totally support the L.A. team now that there's actually an L.A. team. When we lived there, there was no LA team. There was not. You're right. They so had, we had the Chargers. That was about the, the best we had. Yeah. So two hour time, you know, two hour drive. Like you could totally support the Rams next Sunday. I could. You could. See, you could get into that. I'm more excited about the uh, Oscars, ha- but we'll get into that when we get to Pop Minute. Right. Pop Minute. Well, I'm excited about the halftime show. Yeah, me too. But we'll talk about that too. But Super Bowl is uh, kind of my holiday. Nope. Can't talk about it yet. We'll talk about it when it comes to Poppin' News Minute. Oh. Too soon. Fine, fine, fine. So now, okay. Now I lost my train of thought. Uh-oh. Choo-choo. Oh, I was saying that you've been very open and honest about how you've been feeling about your depression moving into this exercise yes. journey. So do you have any hope that... Or like kind of what's your mindset here? Like, do you think, okay, I know that I've got this depression and it feels like, so you've actually got like the instant gratification monkey on one shoulder and then you've got like a big boulder on the other. Is that what it feels like? I would need to, you paint it, you paint, you paint quite the picture, Rochelle. I mean, I'm just, I'm just really putting myself in your shoes and I, and I thought it was between this. a rock and a hard place, not a monkey Spelunky monkey. Sorry, we've been reading the Gruffalo, so you know, puts oh. my brain in there's it. There's lots of there's lots of rhymes going on over here. <laughs> I've been, yes. Um, Does it feel like a monkey on one shoulder? An instant gratification monkey on one shoulder, right? Because you want to start the workout and you don't want to feel the body pain and you want to feel like you're making progress immediately. So that's on one side. Yes. But then you've also, you know, like you, you don't necessarily have feelings about the workout but you're just coming into it with this big bag of heavy deep feelings depression well i think that i'm i'm like my my body and my brain aren't on the same wavelength okay because my brain is like let's do it my body's like yeah nah it's cool okay well tell me more about this because i i really i'm i'm pushing you and i'm pulling you because um i've have a strong feeling that there are many, many people who are in this exact same place that you are. And the more you can kind of describe what you're feeling and what your thought process is, I think you can help people. I know the number one thing I have 
heard from my clients is like, oh, COVID 40. Like I put on 40 pounds, turned 30 pounds. I put on 40. Like everyone has put on weight. Everyone is feeling more depressed I've been than they mostly were. Mostly this weight since before COVID, though. I, I know that. But now, if people weren't in that boat with you now most now everyone kind of is for different if any more people get in this boat it's gonna sink (laughs) okay well maybe we have our own boats okay but we're but you're not alone in this and you know your story is one of those that i think can continue to inspire people even in ways you don't anticipate so the more you can i'm like rudy i'm the rudy of autism Okay. You ever seen that movie? Oh, absolutely. It's a football movie. Yeah, I've seen all the football movies. I was you because t- that's inspirational. It's very inspirational. He did. He just never gave up. That's right. But he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. He did. So, but his his brain and his body were on the same page. They were on the same floor. You were saying yours are on different floors, like different pages. Different pages, sure. Sure. I was thinking of an elevator with different floors in a building, but well, then the, you that would rip me in half. Well, not literally, but I'm very literal. Frequently, sometimes. your brain is frequently in one thought pattern, right. and your body is frequently. In, I thought in that they were mode. on the same page, and then my brain's just like, body stopped. Brain's still like, hey, where you going, dude? I can totally get that. So that is that's where it, I mean I don't know I ask me a more direct question because I feel like we're just stretching out the same point now for a long time. Oh, sorry. No, I was just trying to see. I think okay. So I'll just say it like this. I'll just jump right to where I really want to go. You gave yourself the whole year to really work on this goal. I said six months. I thought you said the whole year. No, I did not say that. I said by summer. Oh, sorry. I'll update my 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 memory. So you gave yourself six months. That you're only one weekend. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you're working on right now that is also kind of adding stress that isn't making the progress you want that's adding to depression? Because I thought you said that the only two things you had work that you were working on right now was like preparing for the camping trip. Right. And working out. Yeah. But then when, when we're talking throughout the week, you're also like working on a new career. Trying to. So what I'm wondering is maybe the career search should take a 30-day pause. Because of all the exercise brain stuff we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. I I wonder if your brain is just not quite in an ideal place to do all the career searching right now, and it's just adding to that feeling of delay and that feeling of like, oh my gosh, this is so much you have to kind of push through the mud in that maybe you should put a 30-day pause on that process and just spend that extra energy... Watching Ozark. <laughs> I what totally, a misdirection. I totally agree. No. I need to finish you know what? binge-watching you know Ozark. If you had the treadmill in a place where you could binge-watch Ozark and be on the treadmill at the same time, that's a win-win. I could watch it on my phone. I mean, I can lend you a tablet, too. You like, want to talk about first-world problems. Right, right. But, but it is... You know, I have I have a treadmill. I have a roof over my head. I have a lot of great things, and I'm still depressed. Right. Well, the depression doesn't really look around and see add up what we oh, have. Oh, I know. It, Trust me, it's one of those things. My brother, um, you know, he like anytime if I'm like bummed out, he's like, he's like, come on, dude. He's like, he would just name great things that mm-hmm. you know I have going on, and and he's like, there's people dying in 
in oh, this part of that. the world. I hate that. And I'm like, but so what? I'm that like, does, so I mean, so I, my my answer to that was always like, so if if someone breaks in my house, and and shoots my dog or something, right? And I'm sitting outside the my house, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh man, I'm really having a rough go of it. And then someone breaks in my neighbor's house and like kills their family. And then that dude's sitting on the stoop next to me, and he's like, "What are you complaining about?" Yeah, look, there's something to be said for for global like compassion. Everyone, I agree everyone with that, feels things differently, and it doesn't just you know it's like it. You shouldn't have to. Um, That's a reward and high and consequence hijack. Well, no, I'm, I'm just I just don't I don't think just because something bad happens to one person doesn't it's not a competition like right bad things happen and some things happen. It's to I can't formulate a thought. No, right I now. well, but the thing is, is that the things that are happening in the other side of the world are happening, and, and well, it's that's just an example. But the, that's why I said it could be your next door neighbor. It could be your next door neighbor, but but that's a so what's happening is that is an abuse of a reward and consequence neurology. That's a that is how a reward and consequence individual gets hijacked to do things they don't want to do. Is because so there's a consequence someone else somewhere else. So if there's a consequence somewhere else, that will motivate you to to not contribute to the problem over here, even though your lives don't intersect. That's that's why there's a statement: the carrot and a stick. It's very common. Oh, about, do, are you going to respond to the carrot, or am I going to have to get out the stick? Wait, the carrot, the carrot and the stick. You've heard that before. Like bosses use it. Are you going to respond to the carrot, or am I have to give out the stick? Have you heard that? Oh, they, I thought you held the carrot with the stick. No, it's that you either reach for the, well, yeah, but it's that you reach for the carrot, which is a reward. Uh-huh. So the thing is, is if you have a reward and consequence um, neurology right. or a motivation system, which is ter- typically neurotypical, okay, then they can dangle a carrot in front of you and that's a reward. And that will motivate you to, to move in the direction they want you to go, whoever it is, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's something else, a parent even, you know. Because you're going to chase after the reward and that will get you moving in the direction they want you to go. That's a reward motivation. The consequence is when they say, well, the carrot didn't work. You didn't respond to the carrot. So now I'm picking up a stick and I'm literally going to smack you with the stick until you do what I want you to do. That's a consequence. You would do that to our child. Oh, my God. No. But that is <laughs> but that is the reward. That's what it means okay, to have a reward and consequence. Well, when you said the... The carrot and the stick. First, I thought you said the care and the stick. Oh, did I, I say it poorly? I'm I just sorry. didn't. Uh, the did, carrot and the stick. You must enunciate, Rochelle. Yes. I'm no, sorry. I just didn't understand that. That's what you were saying. Okay. Well, but that I'd never heard that. That concept. Well, because I thought that in my brain, I immediately saw a carrot dangling from a oh, string from a stick. From so, a stick. So sure. I was like, yeah, the carrot and the stick. Everyone knows that. And then, but I, I, I to me, there, there were one and the same. No. I didn't realize that someone was then taking the carrot away and then beating someone with yeah the they actually absolutely do and and in i've been in plenty of corporate con, um corporate environments where it's just like okay you guys didn't do what i asked you to do so now there's consequences and now i'm going to penalize you and now it's this and if you don't reach your goals then you have this accountability and it's it's negative and that the, so what does this have to do with the the neighbor's house burning down or the neighbors being so you don't have because that's how so it's conceptual, but follow me on this. Okay, I'm trying. So let's, and I'll I'll use a different analogy. So let's say you've got food left on your plate and you don't want to finish eating it. Okay. 
And your mom says, finish eating all your food because they're starving kids and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's an example of, an, and I'm going to say neurotypical because I think that's where it came from, but they're positioning food left on your plate as like, how dare you leave food on your plate because they're starving kids somewhere else. So there's a consequence to other people who don't have food. So because of that consequence to other people, you'll then be forced to finish the food you don't want to eat. Do you see it? So it's a way to force you to do things you don't want to do. They're using the concept of someone else not having something or a consequence to other people to force you to do what they want. Maybe you maybe you don't need to finish your food. So I'm being forced to not feel depressed? No, they're just trying to hijack you into fe- it's just a way to it's a long-standing social trick to apply the reward and consequence mentality. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work. You yeah. Someone could sit there and be like, you know, here's this carrot that you want. Here's this, you know, weight loss that you want. And you could look at it and go, but if I'm not motivated, yeah, I'm just going to sit there and stare at it. Like that, that's not enough to make it worthwhile for me. It has to, I have to, you have to consider it urgent, important, or interesting, or it doesn't matter what it is. You're still not going to reach for it. So the trick for you is that for you to keep this goal in front of you about feeling better and losing this weight, you continually have to decide how to make that goal urgent, important, or interesting to you. Because the consequence of being overweight isn't going to motivate you. Right. And the reward of getting thinner isn't going to motivate you necessarily either. Now, one way to make that important is if you're like, no, it's important to me that I made this decision and I'm going to continue because it's because I want to reach my goal. Like you could make it I didn't it say I was giving up. I'm just saying I gave up this week. <laughs> I don't, I, look, this is my point of asking you if I thought it was 12 months, but six is still fair. Where You've did got you hear long, 12 months? I don't know. I thought you said you were going to make it the goal for the year. Yeah, but it didn't take me a year to do comedy. I'm Once saying from when I made the decision. Right, agreed. I'm saying I'm, I updated my memory. It didn't take me a year to do to, hey, do, to I go miss, skydiving. I misspoke. I I'm mis- just saying spoke. of that year, in the year 2022, I'm going to get in shape and it's going to be about right. six months. That's fair. I updated what I thought. So six months. So you've get got plenty with it. of time. The first, get with it. The first week does not, you know, what's it called? Make or break you. Like you're just getting into it. You're just starting to kind of feel it all out. I'm like, I think you're fine for where you're at at, at, at week one. Honestly, that's what I'm trying to say. Because you're motivated differently. And as long not as... Not exactly motivating anybody, though. How do you know? I don't know. You're just assuming it because you haven't made that... That's the instant gratification monkey telling you you haven't gotten there yet. Meh. <laughs> we're, we're running late on time here. Are we really? Yeah. It's, oh, dang. I thought we were going to get to the Declan stuff and we still got Papa News Minute to get to. Well, let's do um, Declan stuff real fast because... Maybe I'm just avoiding talking about it because I was so traumatized by it. But at the same time, um, we really need to talk about it because it's very important. Well, you have about four minutes. Okay. Declan stuff. So the very, very quick history here is that, um, like most of our children, um, he continues to have recurrent... How many do we have? I thought we had just the one. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, okay. 
we just have the one, but many of our listeners have children. You said most of our children. I was like, oh, geez. Sorry, I was talking to the audience. You're taking up my four minutes. Sorry. Reoccurring ear infections, reoccurring colds, seasonal allergies, you know, anything in this nasal respiratory system is is chronically an issue. It's just like almost known if your child has autism, you can um, bank on the fact that you're going to have these respiratory uh, issues just all the time. And it's really frustrating. And so, you know, that's what's been happening uh, to Declan, even though he had bilateral eustachian tubes put in, in in June. He still has this reoccurring ear infection. And then you know, COVID did this and then, then we had strep and these, I mean, it's just been nonstop. So I go into his ENT and we say, Hey, something's not right. Like, I was there. I know. I said, we, you said I, okay. When my head, I said, we, okay, we went into the ENT. Come on, hurry up or show you got three minutes left. And we brought up all these <laughs> observations Yes. and said, something is different. He's not acting the same. His behavior has changed. If his behavior has changed, we think it's an indication of something physical because that's usually what changes behavior. It's not like he's just choosing to act se- differently. And he kind of pushed us off and dismissed us and said, oh, it's all fine. It's all fine. And he actually gets really shut down when I ask questions. And I'm like, no, this isn't going to work for me. And then I went through my own experience with an ENT and I met a doctor who actually started educating me on the way ears, nose and throats are supposed to work. And I was like, holy crap, I don't know anything about this. Like I was wrong my whole life. I thought it worked like this. It's really like this. Oh, shoot. I bet Declan's doctor's missing something. So as soon as I recover, I scheduled an appointment for Declan at my ENT's office. They have a pediatric specialist. Sure enough, we walk in on Thursday. It's supposed to be a meet and greet. Let's transfer and establish care. And she does a really thorough job of evaluating his nose, his throat, his ears. They do a new hearing screening. She asks us a ton of questions. I gave her a, um, a, a printout of every single ear infection, respiratory illness he's had since birth. She looks at the list, combines it with her evaluation and says, nice to meet you. This kid is surgical. What does that mean? It means he needed to be that that appointment. Surgical. He was surgical. That appointment turned into our pre-op appointment, and he was scheduled for surgery before we left. And it turns out that um, not only is he allergic to the material that they used in his eustachian tube. She's saying that it's possible. She didn't say it was. She said he's reacting to it. Could be. Okay, I heard different. She said that he could be, and that it could be this issue, and that they're doing it to be. to, to no, she said his 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 adenoids are absolutely over they're overproducing. That's what's creating the buildup in the first place. All right, that's not what I heard. That's what I heard that she said his adenoids are overproducing, so they're coming out, and she's going to go in and replace the eustachian tubes. And it was just like it was a little bit shocking because I guess it was just nowhere on my rate. Like I wasn't even prepared for this to be a solution or that it was a need. I just, he started doing all these new things. And and right off the bat, I said, doctor, we need to know the difference. Like we need to go through and evaluate this kid hundred percent so that you can teach us the difference between what is stemming. You know, if he's just pulling on his ear lobe, on his ear lobes, on his ear lobes, because it's stemming. I'm not going to say anything about ear lube. <laughs> I was thinking tubes and lubes, but, or if it is, um, an actual medical issue, you know, or if he, you know, is allergy related, like we have to be able to distinguish between these things, like, or we're also on the lookout for motor tics because of what we experienced in November. So like we have to be able to tease these things apart and, and, and identify a medical issue 
so we know when to bring them in. And that was the purpose of why she did recommend the adenoids is because she does think there's a medical issue going on. Right. So we were, I mean, I was signing surgery consent paperwork before we got up to leave. It was just kind of like, oh my God, I need a minute to process this. So he'll um, have surgery in a couple of days. Well, a week from tomorrow. Yeah, a couple of days. Well, still. So it just was a big deal. Yeah. And then as I posted about it in the w- in the moms groups that I'm in, there were many, many moms who said, oh my gosh, yep, that we had all the same problems, all the same challenges. Grinding the teeth is apparently a big indicator of adenoid dysfunction. I didn't know that. He's been grinding his teeth for months. The dentist told us, but I was like, I don't know, know like how to stop that or what that means. Um, the pulling on the ears, she says it's really itchy, like your middle ear itches on the inside. He's constantly digging. He actually had asked me to dig in his ears, which he's never done that before. So I know they're really bothering him. Um, and so I, you know, apparently this is something that needs to be on your radar if you've got little ones, because it's a pretty common thing. And mom after mom said after the adenoids were removed and sometimes the tonsils if needed, but the tubes go in and the adenoids come out, then they stopped getting sick as much, almost like zero ear infections afterwards. So putting the tubes in was big for us because it helped him facilitate speech, but he hasn't stopped getting sick frequently despite everything we do for him that was a long three minutes <laughs> that was three minutes though right that was like seven minutes oh dang the end the end <laughs> so we'll have more later but that's what we ran into kind of quite unexpectedly yep okay what next let's do your pop minute well wait how do you do you have any feelings or thoughts about any of that nope pop minute <laughs> <laughs> That is how you master a transition, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well done. Okay. I'm going to need a minute to laugh about that. Um, of course, I have something to say. Uh, yeah, I think that I was taken aback and then a front. Yeah. Um, I still am kind of shocked that he needs to have another surgery and... It just felt like, oh, here, here's a kid. Just met your kid. And it was just like, you know, it's just like me, but like walking into meet, um, when I w- walked into meet Lori, it was like, hey, you have ADHD. It was just like, what? Right. Like walking in this, here's this new lady that we've never met before. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, your kid needs to have this thing surgically removed from their head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, sign this. And you're just like, uh, what? My name is. Yeah, I mean, it didn't even, when we were trying to decide, like, who was going to take days off work, and I I said, okay, if you take Monday, I take Tuesday. It didn't even, I couldn't even process in that moment that his surgery was on Monday. Like, I was only thinking of the recovery days. And then I was like, wait a minute, I, no, his surgery's on Monday. Of course I'm going to be there. So I took Monday off to be there with you. I have to sign all the paperwork. I'm like, it just, I didn't even process that was all the same day. It happened so fast. Yeah. So I'm sure. Well, I I don't know. Uh, I think we'll have more feelings about it next week, probably. Probably because we'll be one day out from. Well, t- next week's the Super Bowl, so maybe we'll be nicely uh, we, distracted. We won't be thinking about our son. <laughs> we will be, but we'll be nicely distracted. We'll probably have more the week after. We'll be thinking about pop minute. <laughs> Go for it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. The BAFTA Award nominations. The were what? Now. Let me say my thing. 
The BAFTA Award nominations were announced this week, with Dune taking the top spot with 11 nominations, including Best Film. The BAFTA, or British Academy of Film, Television, Arts Awards, which I told you I would say, (laughs) will be held on March 13th. Other notable nominations in the Best Film category were Don't Look Up, Belfast, The Power of the Dog, and Licorice Pizza, all of which I have not seen. You watch Don't Look Up. Let me finish. Uh, This is written down. Jesus Christ. This is why. Okay. Hold all questions to the end, please. Sorry. All of which I have not seen, except I have watched about 10 minutes of Dune and about 10 minutes of Power of the Dong before I realized I was supposed to be watching Power of the Dog. (laughs) Um, And then, yes, I did watch uh, Don't Look Up. Both films I uh, did see were kind of boring, or Don't Look Up was okay. Um, I probably will go back and give them another shot at some point. But we'll have to see who gets the Oscar nods this year's uh, this year. Are you going to do it backwards? Are you going to watch the movies that get the awards instead of like we used to do, where you try to watch all the movies and then cheer for the one you want to get the awards? Speaking of the Oscars, I, I answer these questions a lot of the time. What I don't oh, know because you can predict me. Okay, that's fair. Go ahead. Speaking of the Oscars, the nominations will be announced this Tuesday. This may be the first time I've not seen anything that will likely be nominated for an Oscar. Just, Rochelle, you've had your chance to talk. I've just seen just one film in the theater in the last two years, and that was, just stop laughing, you're making me laugh. And that was Spider-Man No Way Home, which was a lot of fun. And far, far away from the Oscars, no, not Star Wars, Jackass Forever is finally finally here. Surprisingly, the film has generated mostly positive reviews with a current 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. I will say that without shame that I've seen all three Jackass films on opening (laughs) weekend. And if it weren't for COVID, I'd be right there alongside every other Jackass going to see the newest film. (laughs) I'm pumped. Rochelle, let me guess. You're not a Jackass fan. I'm not. Just a Jackass. (laughs) Did you write that in there? Nope. I just came up with it. (laughs) Oh, I can't stand those. I can't stand to watch those. Any of it, you know, it's like oh, they, it. they set it up and, you know, someone's going to get badly hurt. I mean, I I know it's amazing. I repair people like for a living from traumatic injury. I can't watch that stuff like it just hurts me. OK. All right. Are you ready for News Minute? Ready. Give us the intro. Da 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 da. No, you're supposed to say News Minute. Oh, I'm not that good at it. Let's hear it. Oh, on the spot. Yeah. Ah, News Minute. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll never ask you to do that again. <laughs> I told you, I'm not good. <laughs> Winter Olympics began this week yes! in Beijing, China. The United States did not send any representatives for the opening ceremony as China's leaders, and that by way of uh, I didn't know that. No, for we're the, we're protesting the uh, the Olympics. Oh. Um, as uh, China's leaders are accused of genocide against one of their ethnic minorities, and the name I wrote need to research the name. Oh, um, <laughs> I did watch the opening ceremony anyway. It was lovely and filled with propaganda. Was it? Yeah. So the Chinese government apparently is yeah they're like um, committing terrible atrocities against their own people. One of oh, their own people. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, and because I have such amazing uh, writing abilities, um, I'm just going to segue right into the next bit. Rams and Bengals to face off in this year's Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. And speaking of football, 
a certain NFL team from Washington was in talks to change their name from the Redskins, mm-hmm. a name deemed by most to be outdated and offensive, to something new. What's the new name? Well, here are a few real contenders and a few fake ones. They did come up with an actual name, but this is from a list that I read. Okay. I did this research. Because they've just bef- been the Washington team this whole year. Like Washington. Yeah, right. So if you would read starting with the one that starts with an A. Um, Armada. Brigade. Commanders. Commandos. Defenders. I should be like the Washington Armada. Okay. The Washington Brigade. Washington Commanders. They would have figured it out. Washington Commandos. Yeah, but when you say a name, like a whole thing. Washington Defenders. Washington Presidents. Washington Red Hogs. Washington Long Hogs. Is this list for real? Washington Red Wolves. Washington Wet Willies. (laughs) And the Washington Football Team. Okay. Yes. No, some of those were fake. Oh, okay. I told you that in the beginning. Oh, I, I But they I decided now. to go with the Washington Commanders. Interesting. That's going to be the new team, the Commanders. Okay. I'm going to have to noodle on that for a while. Long Hogs and Wet Willies were not real, and neither was um, Commandos. Okay. Because you know what it is to go to Commando, right? Yeah, I do. That's okay, why I was good. confused. But um, what? Go ahead. No, it's good. And how can we talk about football without talking about Rochelle's favorite football player, Tom Brady? Who announced his reti- Who announced his retirement? <laughs> um, I have nothing else on this. Being the big sports fanatic that I am, Rochelle, thoughts on your favorite NFL player of all time? I was just getting to like him. I'm really sad. Really? Yeah, I am. I had to. I had to do a complete 360 on my my viewpoints of him. I I really didn't understand who he was as a player, separate and apart from all the drama that happened with his team and, and Belichick. And, and then I was just downright envious of the fact that they, they beat everyone and won everything year after year after year after year. So I was in kind of shock and PTSD for the whole year of his first year of the contract with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And then this year I actually really enjoyed it. And I watched multiple games on Sunday and, and um, I was excited. I was getting really excited, but then, you know, in the game against the Rams, we just fell apart, and they played a better game. And you guys got rammed. We just right in the buckhole. <laughs> right, and Brady did a great job of bringing us back. I mean, we almost we we lost it in the last thirty nine seconds or something. But um, it was it was nice to get a Super Bowl win. It was a little surreal, so hard to believe at the time. But I mean, one of the the thing that I liked about what I'm glad you brought this up because. When Tom Brady announced his retirement, the thing he said that resonated the most with me that I thought was incredibly sincere is he said, you know, guys, when I do anything, I really hyper-focus on it. And he used the word hyper-focus, so it gave me a really strong visual of like how he approaches his time when he's, you know, preparing for the season and in the season. And he goes, and I just, I know that the sacrifice my family makes when I hyper focus on my career and it's just time for me to turn my attention to them and other things and I thought you know I have a lot of respect for that answer because that's how he got to be the greatest you know of all time he was drafted like 196th or something like he was not what a loser he was not Tom Brady when he was drafted like he focused only on the things he did well he says it in interviews I can't remember if he was with Oprah or something but he said yeah I did things really poorly over here but I did these things over here really well and I focused only on what I did really well and by focusing on the 
things that I was excelling at, I actually got better. And then I got better and then I got better. And he turned himself into the greatest player of all time. And I don't, I won't take that from him. I actually agree that anybody who can be in the fourth quarter with the Buccaneers and be down 27 to three and tie us in the final quarter and then lose. Well, that's not his fault. That's Good riddance, our, that's I our say. That's our defense's fault. That one, he wasn't kidding. even on the field. But but even to give us a chance to come back and do it with the Bucks, like, okay, uh, honestly, I agree that he gets some credit. Rochelle, it's called News Minute, not Rochelle Minute. It wasn't Rochelle Minute. It was Tom Brady <laughs> moment. He, he's retiring after 22 years. He deserves. And you liked him for about 22 minutes. That is fair. <laughs> but I thought it was a very positive representation of hyperfocus. And I think there's so much media, or not even media, but just we look at hyperfocus like it's a negative thing. And he put it in this light that it's a positive thing. And I, and I liked the example he was setting. The popular word game Wordle has been acquired by the <laughs> New York Times. <laughs> I am all about the transitions. <laughs> the popular word game Wordle, Wordle has been acquired by the New York Times from the game's creator, Josh Wordle, for an amount somewhere in the range of seven figures. What? The game will remain free for now, said the popular news site. Huh. Have you played Wordle? I tried, but I, I, I wasn't focused in the moment that I turned it on. And I haven't gone back to it. Okay. But if you if anyone's been on Facebook in the last two weeks, you've probably heard of it. It's surprising them. The guy the uh Josh Wardle that invented the game, I guess, made it as a game for him and his family and friends to play, and they were like, You should throw it online. And now it's become like this this thing that's just been purchased and he's Wow. Now that's he's massive. a millionaire. Talk that's, about changing your life. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that's cool. That's innovative. It is innov in, in, in how did you say that? Innovative. 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 Innovative? Did I say it weird? I don't know. You did to me. Okay. Anyway, Denmark is the is in the news. I'm from Denmark. No, you're not. I am. You're not from Denmark. You're from Florida. <laughs> my my ancestry is from Denmark. You're in your incest? My ancestry. Ancestry. Okay. All right. Denmark is in the news. Rochelle is the first European country. <laughs> They're the first European country to lift nearly all of their COVID-19 restrictions, citing that the virus is no longer a socially critical sickness. Wow. Denmark, your people, however, has the second highest infection rate of new infections of any nation in the world, according to CNN. <laughs> Rochelle is from Denmark. <laughs> Although they have high rates, the level of patients in critical condition or ICU beds is actually down to about 30 people out of 6 million. The government will continue to recommend testing and will have restrictions on travel into the country. Okay. Finally, have you heard of magnet fishing? Oh my goodness, no. So magnet fishing is where you take a large magnet, attach it to the end of a sturdy rope, and drag a river, lake, or creek bed for metal objects. Things like, I'm going to kill you, cat. Things, I love you, cat. Things like scrap metal, bottle caps, or in the case of 11-year-old Alan Codwallader, and his grandfather, Dwayne Smith, two military-grade sniper rifles. No way. This happened in which state? Do you want to guess, Rochelle? Florida. Of course it was Florida. Of course. Yeah. The rifles are now in the hands of Miami-Dade police, where they will be processed by the forensics lab. Wow. So that is, is that the end. That was the cat sneezing. Oh. Of News Minute. Nice. Nicely done. Thank you. Wow. I actually, I everything you said... 
in the last couple of weeks where we do this this little segment, I'd have not heard any of the things. You're big before. on reading the news. <laughs> I thought I was, but I guess not. Not so much, I guess. I All know. right. Well, very cool. Very cool. Okay, so we're preparing for the Super Bowl surgery and the next week of your journey. Yep. I I think you should take it slow and just, you know, figure it out one week at a time. I'm going to start singing Boys to Men. Oh, which one? I don't know. I'll make love to you. Is that Boys to Men? I think so. Yeah, I'm going to make love to myself. That's like my high school. Oh, wait. Maybe 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 I won't take it that slow. Oh, Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, you've got to balance, you know, like the instant gratification part and the... Okay, well, don't talk about instant gratification when I just talked about lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, forgot that was hanging out there. <laughs> you forgot that was hanging out there? <laughs> sorry, that's okay, not what let's, I meant. Let's I take meant that. the thought in the air. I'm sorry. Yeah. All oh, right. my goodness. We are way long today. I need to go make some tea. Get it? We're way <laughs> long today? <laughs> I get it. I was just I trying it. to fall in line with your place. I, don't, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Um, all right, well... Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 26. Wow. Um, we appreciate everyone listening. Keep listening. Uh, share the show and um, share your comments and your thoughts and whatnot on the Facebook group. You welcome to Autistic. our new... Yep. Welcome YDSA. to our Facebook group members. Yes. Welcome. We, we always welcome you and we want you to uh, say say some say some shit. Let us know you're here. Facebook yeah. Group. yeah. We're excited. Let to... us know you're here. And um, Rochelle's, oh, I was going to say plug your website, but your website's in. I'm I'm writing a lot of, I mean, that's what I spend every, that's why I don't know much about the news. My head's down writing new content, like every waking minute I have when I'm not chasing him around. So, yeah. Um, and I'm busy writing news minute. <laughs> Good job. I, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Not bad. No, not bad. Um, All right. Well, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll even though there's a Super Bowl next week, we'll find a time to do this. We'll do it. We'll get it done. Yep. So I'm Blake. I'm Michelle. And we'll be back.